Hello, this is Marjolaine Fournier. I'm sitting here with Jean-Jacques Van Vlasler in Studio P3 of the National Arts Center here in Ottawa, and we're pursuing our exploration of the symphony. Today, it's interesting because our subject is Mendelssohn, um, and our last subject was the Enlightenment. And it's funny because there's a very direct link between the two, not, not only because Napoleon was messing around back then with the... Uh, with Europe. With the whole of Europe, yeah, uh, but because Mendelssohn's grandfather... Moses was uh, very much in favor of the Enlightenment. He was quite an Enlightenment. Not only himself. in favor. I mean, Mo Moses Mendelssohn uh, was born uh, in 1729. That is four years before Haydn. So that's simply to to, to situate him. And then, of course, yeah, yeah. he's one of the of the, uh, 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 of the Jewish people that is getting out of the ghetto um, and um, and and in, and leaves for for Berlin and will become, of course, one of the great philosophers of the 18th century. He will be called the Socrates of of of, of Germany of the of the Enlightenment. Uh, why is he called the Socrates of Enlightenment? Because he will put to Together, uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 prophets, that is the Old Testament, together with the uh, ratio, the rationalism, rationality of Greece, and he knew, of course, uh, he, he he translated Plato in in German, and he will translate also the Old Testament in German, which is a very important thing. Uh, he will fight the uh, the the institution almost. He's uh, he's somebody who likes Spinoza. Uh, Uh, about 60 years before him will be on the borderline of of the the official inst uh, Jewish institution because he is a man of uh, the uh, uh, f free thought <laughs> and Aufklärung the, uh, the 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 German Enlightenment. So uh, he uh, there is there is a famous story. Uh, there is at a given moment a, a competition. It it was not necessarily a yearly competition, but it was a regular competition for on um, essays uh, in uh, in that part of Germany. And uh, the second prize went uh, to Immanuel Kant. You know. The, the second who, prize. The second prize, yes. The first prize went uh, to this uh, this uh, 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 poor Jew from from Dessau who had come to uh, to Berlin and uh, it was called Mo Moses Mendelssohn. So very very important, very important, and to the point that uh, we will be talking about Felix Mendelssohn in a few seconds. That the one in between, Abraham, the father of Felix, will say at a given moment, "Yes, I used to be the son of my." father and now I am the father of my son um, and it, 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 and and he too was very brilliant and the whole family is a very brilliant is a family of a very vast culture you know th th these are the the first families that that are um, in, in in fact the first families that are into the bildung culture bildung culture was culture replacing religion almost 
and uh, which was very, very important in the 19th and the beginning of the 20th century in the Germanic countries, and uh, in which, of course, many of the Jewish families entered as quickly as possible to, uh, to run away from anti-Semitism, which was always dormant or less dormant, and then beca became, of course, in the 20th century, the tragedy we all know. So, vast culture. He will be, he, he speaks, uh, and then I'm talking about the son now, uh, after Moses, uh, uh, Abraham, who will be, become banker, very, very wealthy family, will become a banker, and then uh, he has four children, Felix, Fanny, Rebecca, and Paul. Uh, Paul will be cello player, Rebecca will be a singer, Felix and Fanny will be everything. They will be everything. They will be pianists, they know violin. They, uh, Felix Mendelssohn is an excellent pianist. He will become an audacious conductor. He will be the defender of Germanic music and we'll come back to that in a few minutes. He's a passionate pedagogue. He's the creator of conservatory of in, in uh, uh, I think the one in Leipzig, uh, but certainly of the Leipzig Gewandhaus, one of the great orchestras still today in Germany. Um, he has a wonderful gift for drawing. He's an intense uh, letter writer and of course as a composer was all of this at once and in an impeccable way. Well, you, you say it's a euphemism almost. You say um, a wonderful uh, talent for drawing and all. It's not a wonder. He's amazing. He's, He's amazing, an amazing absolutely. at drawing. Well, you know, it, it, one should see those those drawings. He writes at a given moment the, uh, the, the overture of the Fingal's Grave. He has made wonderful drawings about the Fingal's Grave. And that, that will be also part of his uh, uh, in, uh, part of the, the creativity that will go into his so-called Scottish symphony which is the number three we'll talk about a bit later so uh, uh, what did Nietzsche say about him yes a very nice accident in German music a very nice accident in German music. You see that dormant anti-Semitism all over the place. And of course, uh, uh, if uh, as a conductor uh, you choose your works, well, some of the people that are composers and you don't, and if you don't choose them, they don't like you. And one of those was Wagner, and that didn't help. Who is already anti-Semitic and who will be, uh, of course, uh, uh, very, uh, very negative. Uh, about about uh, Mendelssohn. Well, let, let's dive into that right away because now there was Moses, there was Abraham Mendelssohn, but Felix was not brought up. You, you, there was a choice, and but Felix was not brought up as a Jewish boy at no, all. No, he was and brought up as a Protestant boy, and really. And the, the father decided, was it between barbarism and Bildung? Is that and the Bildung. Word? Yeah. You got it. And... Not only did he not educate him as a Jew, but he educated him uh, to become a Protestant. Mm -hmm. um, he favored education for all his children, the girls also. Yes. And so Fanny and Felix have a parallel existence. Absolutely. As, as Although there are four, four, five years difference between the two. But all the children will become Protestants. All the children. But they will, uh, they will revolt against it. 
as children as ch- as as ch- you know, later when they are when they are in their 20s they will start revolting against it i i have uh, when his father uh, says it is nonsense for a christian to be called Mendelssohn. Christian, of course, he was already uh, at that time uh, 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 converted uh, uh, to Protestantism, but he was converted by his parents when he was six years old and Fanny was 11 years old. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and so the father says, it is a nonsense for a Christian to be called Mendelssohn. It's as, as much a nonsense as for a Jew to, to be called Confucius. But, it's it's uh, heartbreaking. Really. It's heartbreaking. And uh, his uncle, uh, Jacob, uh, who, who was much stricter even than, than the father, um, said to him, you cannot become a musician. I mean, that's one thing. You cannot. You, you, you go and study law, uh, go into finances, but you cannot become a musician, and especially not a Jewish musician. I mean, this is, it was very clear. But then the children are very hostile to, to, uh, to that. Here is, the, when, when they discuss it, Fanny and, 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 and Felix, she answers him, I, I know and I uh, uh, approve your intention to leave aside the name we all reject. And what is this name? Bartoldi. Because the family had decided, uh, Jacob and, uh, and, uh, and also uh, Abraham, that they would hyphen, they would have a hyphenated name. So it was to be Mendelssohn Bartoldi. Father Mendelssohn even had prepared name cards uh, with, for his son, Felix M. Dodd Bartoldi. So the, the Mendelssohn had disappeared into an M, <laughs> uh, like M&M. <laughs> well, so he obliterated. He obliterated. But I... His yes, sister Rebecca, yes. his re- sister Rebecca, in another letter, she signs her letter to her brother and she says, your sister Rebecca Mendelssohn, column, never Bartholdi. He will always use the name Mendelssohn, except when he publishes or he has his works published in the Germanic countries, then he will publish them under Mendelssohn Bartholdi. Jean-Jacques, you know, this this subject I find very uh, upsetting. Mm-hmm. This anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. this name change um, to uh, uh, camouflage, to erase somebody's fate like this. The infighting, the parents saying, if you don't do this, I disinherit you. Yeah, but you were in the beginning of the 19th century. Huh? Yeah. They didn't disinherit them. You know, they were they were very, it was a wonderful family, in fact. But now, they tried to convince him. But he was convinced in a way. His Absolutely. compositions, let's talk about all the, the psalms that are, are written into these uh, chorals, these mm-hmm. uh, Protestant uh, themes. The, the Mendelssohn, and I was expecting, the, the reason why I am so upset with you 
at bringing up all this mm -hmm. is that I was expecting a conversation on a, on Mendelssohn, le bienheureux, the happy Mendelssohn, the the guy that wrote the Italian symphony. No. Mendelssohn is brilliant. Mendelssohn is not necessarily happy. Mendelssohn is somebody who who will continuously rework his uh, most of his major works. He's never very happy with uh, what uh, what what he produces. It, it seems to be a a flowing musical sounds all Mendelssohn works, and they are flowing musical sounds. It comes after long and arduous work. Um, I, I will give you one more example of this this ter terrible thing you don't want to talk about anymore. <laughs> is uh, when the Nazis took over. Of course, the first one to go was Mendelssohn. The first one that was rejected from all the programs um, in in uh, this very music loving country, um, and um, they, but they didn't know what to do with the Midsummer Night's Dream music. Because this was played all over the place in, in the Germanic countries, and um, so they they asked uh, the Nazis asked musicians, all musicians, forty four musicians wrote replacement music for Midsummer Night's Dream, and none of that has really survived. Obviously, you know Mendelssohn survived beautifully on that. Not part of his family, but Mendelssohn uh, survived wonderfully all the transformations and all that rejection that that came with with uh, uh, because he was Jewish, and in which his parents were right. They, they said, you know, let, let's have the name Mendelssohn disappear. They were right and wrong at the same time, at the same time, of course. But that's another thread. But you brought up, you brought up a very important thing. This, the, the, he was a Protestant. He was educated as a Protestant. Do you think and he, he had be. that inside him? But he it, felt that? It, you see, religion, religion came second to culture. So culture came first. And so he was German. And, um, and he will compose 12 psalms. Now, psalms are Old Testament. <laughs> right. So, and, so it, it's not difficult <laughs> to bridge <laughs> and to go for, with the text of the Old Testament. We, we will be talking in a few seconds about the Second Symphony. And well, these are texts of the Old Testament. These are texts of the New Testament also. But you know, the, the Bible is all around. And the Bible is in function of the, uh, that Germanic culture. He will be composing also oratorio. I mean, one of the oratorios in 1836 will be Paulus, Paul, Paul, Paul and then in, nine, in 1844, Elijah, you see? Um, but, uh, Psalms, Elijah, Paul. Do you know that Fanny Mendelssohn wrote an oratorio on biblical texts? So are you uh, saying that any, not anything, but inspiration came from wherever and you took it when it came? If it was a biblical text? Yes. You know, they, they made songs without words, which are about personal feelings. And then they had these extraordinary, uh, extraordinary oratorios on, on the Bible. They knew the Bible very well. They knew the Bible very well. You are not for nothing the grandchildren of Moses Mendelssohn. <laughs> 
And 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 but it was the Bible in a new world. This was a new world, and it was a Protestant world, and they they integrated perfectly in that Protestant world. That's I think this this can be said. And then of course he will compose in uh, in eighteen forty um, this extraordinary symphony, which is called Symphony Number no. Two which is a symphony that uh, uh, that opens into the uh, into songs into choirs like Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Now, do you think he was that that's it's funny because the Bible is right in the middle of this because it was written to celebrate Gutenberg and the uh, um, the, the movable type mm-hmm. and the the Bible being printed and available to everybody, and that was like the four hundred anniversary. Yes. So there's that. But you know, with all the criticism that Mendelssohn got, and that he was, who does he think he is? He was writing a choral symphony no. right but, after Beethoven. Yes, but uh, criticism at that time, you know, he was very much liked when he when he was when he was around. It happened afterwards more. Uh-huh. The parents had a kind of foresight, <laughs> mm. but it happened afterwards. We we are still in the beginning of the 19th century, and um, it, it it is an underlying yes, yes, but yes. But they are Jewish. But it didn't go much further. Didn't go much further. So he was very much liked. When he died, he was hailed uh, as a hero of uh, Germanic music. And it wouldn't take long after that because uh, Wagner will will look after that, and, and, and then there will be another problem, of course, for Wagner. But then he, uh, this one will survive Wagner. That is Mahler, and <laughs> and so uh. between uh, Mendelssohn and Mahler, uh, the, 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 there will be a certain number already the first voices uh, very much, and and it will go into the twentieth century. I mean. Now tell me how this happened. I understand that. Um, an English publisher offered to Mendelssohn or asked of Mendelssohn to edit and uh, go through all of Bach's organ music. Yes. And it wasn't very people. What what strikes me is that people could go to an auction and buy. Oh, there's Bach on auction. You could buy a few pages of Bach here or there. Now, Mendelssohn assembles all that he has for organ. He writes some exercises and things like that. But how come Mendelssohn is responsible for the, the this big back revival. Well, the big thing uh, that will happen is um, is that he is very interested in that music. It uh, Bach has known a period. You know, Bach dies in 1750, and so um, uh, he, uh, he uh, there is a period there when he he goes through the desert, as we say mm. in French. Through the his music goes through the desert, and and Mendelssohn is the one who really will put him back into the forefront. He puts him back into the forefront essentially with one concert in 1829 when he composes, when he, when he, when he uh, plays in Leipzig uh, the, the, uh, the city of Johann Sebastian Bach, where he was cantor. Um, uh, the, the, uh, he will uh, play uh, the, uh, the uh, Matthäus Passion, uh, the pas- uh, Passion, uh, according to uh, Matthew. He he had great Saint respect. Matthew Passion, that's yes. <laughs> he had great respect for composers. I read that there was a a fight also because he was asked to edit um, some Handel. I think it sure. was the 
the Messiah. I'm not certain, but and that he he did he wasn't going to edit. He was going to copy a clean copy of what Handel really wanted. So he was very respectful. He was very respectful. You know, it's not only Bach, uh, uh, Baroque music. Uh, will start over again into the ni- into the 19th century thanks to thanks to Mendelssohn and not only baroque music do you know another musician who had partially disappeared in that period it was mozart what does mendelssohn do he will put in the forefront of his concerts uh, the mozart's piano concertos because he, he was he a will great conduct and he will play pianist he this guy, this guy had so much talent, it's unbelievable. Yes. And not only d- did he recreate the, the past, it, in fact, he is the, one of the first musicians and most probably the most important one who, uh, who r- creates the thought of classical music. You see, classic, for uh, most of us, classical music starts with Bach and then ends with uh, Shostakovich <laughs> or something like that. And, um, and he's the first one who will go back into the past. The concerts will be playing works of the past. Uh, instead of instead of playing the music that is being created around them. But, you know, until the, the end of the, the, the 18th century, Beethoven created Beethoven, and Mozart created Mozart, and uh, and and that was the music that was being done. Uh, Haydn is not necessarily going to conduct music of Bach uh, or or before. He will conduct music of his time, much more, much more. So the creation of that kind of which we have today still very much, but he doesn't only do that. He goes also to the future. He's the one who will help the Schumanns. He will create uh, Schumann's first symphony. And then he will create uh, Schumann's piano concerto with Clara Schumann at the piano. This was, he has helped the Schumanns very much. So contemporary music. He will pass on the, his baton of conductor to Berlioz to do his Symphony Fantastic with the uh, Leipzig Gewandhaus Orchestra. This is very contemporary music. I'm, 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 the importance of the man is, uh, is enormous, and that's why they also ask him to write this uh, anniversary, 400th anniversary of Gutenberg. Uh, they, they, they will ask him, and he will call it Lobgesang, the hymn of praise. Hymn of praise to God. He will start by citation of, of Luther uh, uh, on the score. I will be. I'm. I'm. Tr- I'm doing it from German. So I'll, I'll be happy uh, to see all the arts and amongst them, especially music, putting themselves at the service of the one who has given and created them, who has made and created them. So, uh, so in the music uh, at the service of God, and so it, it starts with a with a very trombone uh, trombone festive motive, um, which is comes from the Planchant, medieval Planchant, and uh, which we will hear uh, all along the symphony, which will come back throughout the the symphony.
and uh, essentially, of course, will be uh, the, uh, uh, through the first movement. Now, how, how does he build that symphony? You, you mentioned this already in the beginning. Um, it, it is very much like a, a Beethoven Ninth Symphony, and that was a premiere. That was a premiere. Now, uh, that's in the early 20s, 1820s. Uh, Mendelssohn is already around, and around very much around at that time. So he knows what this is about. And uh, about uh, 18 years later, he will create this second symphony, um, and with, which starts with three instrumental movements and will continue with a fourth movement uh, made out of a certain number of sung pieces uh, on different texts taken from the, uh, the holy writings of the, uh, the, the Bible. And, um, and, and, and this is, uh, and, 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 and it is a wonderful, absolutely, absolutely, there are m extraordinary moments, moments that are very Schubertian. There are moments, and I, uh, 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 there is a very dramatic uh, element in it uh, about death, and uh, 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 which is sung by the tenor, and uh, it's in uh, C minor. Minor, very often used by 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 Mendelssohn. We were talking about happiness. No, he knew that this world was uh, um, uh, was not necessarily a, 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 a continuous feast. Hmm. He could have had a continuous feast, but there was the the, the man. And he worked. Eh? He worked hard. Oh yes. Did you think he had a Pre, well, no, we can't go down that road. But he, he died so very young. Yeah, both of them, brother and sister, did. Yes, they they both died quite young. Those those two who were so close to each other, who have stayed in contact throughout their life and throughout their married life. Also, both of them married quite late for the time. Also, um, both in very happy marriages. And still, there was this extraordinary relationship between brother and sister, and um, and it will go till 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 the bitter end. Um, you see, it's. Uh, um, uh, uh, I was in uh, Leipzig not long ago, and went to visit the apartment where the family uh, Mendelssohn, Felix Mendelssohn, lived, and uh, I had never uh, understood very well what he had died of. And uh, it, it was, um, what do you call it in English, brain? Like uh, a stroke? A or? stroke, yeah. Mm -hmm. but, and, and it was done. It happened quickly. In, yeah? in, in, yes, very quickly. But the same thing happened to his sister. Exactly the same thing at about four months' distance. And they were young. She was maybe... F 42. 42. And, and he was 38 and, and, and very young. Mind you, he wrote he wrote an extraordinary number of works that are still there, so he's still there. And uh, do you know that she wrote about 400 works? Are they still available to... Well, many of them now, you know, they're, they're because finding... of our world, which is a very different world and very in which uh, human beings, you know, much more... Um, open <laughs> world, uh, uh, there are quite some works that uh, Fanny 
Hensel, as uh, Kampostel was the name of her husband, who was a painter, who was a very, very, very good husband to her, mm-hmm. um, uh, in the in the way that uh, he he let her be herself. Unusual back Which then. was very unusual yeah. in the 19th century and still in the 20th century. My so goodness. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, there is a little correspondence maybe that can tie it all together, and it's, and, and it strikes me because they were so close that he even uh, sometimes gave her his stuff to look over, his uh, music, absolutely. and he'd say, "What do you think?" And, and if, he, and he would put her works under his name because people, uh, women, could not. Uh, published, they could not publish freely, openly, and under their name. There were, and uh, this was true for writers until the middle of the 19th century. Certainly, you know, we all know the story of of Chopin, Georges Sand. Mm. Georges Sand really. is a, ma- a male's name. She had to use a male name to 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 publish her. So novels. it wasn't just a fantasy. She really needed to do that if she wanted to get published. She needed to do that to yeah. get published, and many of her works were never published. And now, more and more of her works get published, and and uh, they are they are of real, real quality. Yeah, I I can finish maybe with this correspondence between them. She teased him uh, late in her life. It was it had been her birthday, and she wrote him a note saying, "Well, Felix, I'm disappointed with you. You didn't come to celebrate my birthday with me," and he wrote back. And he said, oh, I, I'm sorry, but I promise you, next year I'll be with you. And they were together, yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. You <laughs> always have the last word and put a tear in my eye. I'm looking forward to talking to you again.